fears of tripping on top. Be there! Scour the spaceways! Explore vast alien worlds! Tin right here contains the whole rigmarole. I used to smoke about an ounce of hash every day. Good. And it made me go a little bonkers. Maybe. If I occupy his mind with more duties, I can control his space. Hi. Big fat Hi. doobies. Hi. Hi. Hi, 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 hi. What's up, everybody? It's Thursday, September 22nd, 2011, episode 89 of the Hotbox. Of course, my name is Matt, and... My name is Ian. Once again, talking with you about the latest, greatest, saddest, most sad, whatever you want to call it, just a cannabis talk show. That's all we're doing. We're just talking cannabis, talking marijuana, that ganja, reefer, herb. The devil weed. The devil weed. The, the crazy madness reefer. Uh, we got a live chat. If you have a Justin.tv account, you can have your own name there. Just go to Justin.tv, sign up for a free account, and then log in with the little gear icon in the upper right. Uh, we do the show every Thursday, usually around uh, 8 p.m. our time, broadcasting from Kalispell, Montana, of course. And uh, if you're watching live, feel free to give us a call, 406-204-4687. That's the number. And, uh, yeah, curious what your... Uh, what are your thoughts? Have you been out collecting signatures for uh, this petition? How's that been going? Give us a call. Let's uh, let's discuss. So um, I have been collecting signatures. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, call me. Okay. <laughs> How's that been going? <laughs> um, it's, it's I'm I'm looking forward to not having to collect signatures anymore. Oh well, yeah. I think as most people are that have collected a considerable amount. Uh. It's I, it's been a really neat uh, like learning experience. I've I've really like uh, discovered uh, a new aspect to our society and how people go about doing things. We've been learning loads about politics too right. in right. the process about you know how the government really treats its people and how they're quick to just stomp all over the constitution. They send our brothers and sisters overseas to supposedly die for. Uh, it, it's. It's sad. It's really sad because I, I I don't know much about politics, but I can see them piloting this thing into a nosedive right into the side of a freaking mountain. Um, first of all, uh, the the people that do serve our country, um, they they deserve the utmost respect. Um, Absolutely, they're doing their job, and and exactly. and by all means, they're probably doing their job. To the best of their ability, right? It's not their choice to go over. There, Absolutely, though, for like sure. if, if your boss says to do something, you just do it. Exactly. And especially in the military, you don't argue. You, it's like the police. You know, a lot yes, of sir. them don't agree with this, but because it's their job, they're not going to put their families and their life on the line over you know you getting arrested for pot because they don't agree with it. It's a job, you know. Correct, and and, and they're just they're just they're just doing their job, right? Um, we what we need to do is change the orders that they're being given. We need to hit it at that top level so that they're not being told to, hey, go go arrest these people. Sure, and, and I think you can probably get that done this weekend, right? Uh, yeah, I've, I've sure. you know, been working on it. I think we right. finally have a plan in place that is going to make a huge difference uh, over the next 20 years. <laughs> one of my favorite things, or not favorite things, but one of the things that I, I've noticed the most uh, about collecting signatures is when I approach an individual... Or some individuals, they said that they don't believe in cannabis, and and I hear this from people about other things too. Oh, I don't believe in that, or you know, they don't. And and is what they mean to say is that they don't agree with that because I find it interesting that people say they don't believe in something that's real, right? Like right. You, 
you have really? to like, <laughs> like it's not something to believe in it's it's here i can i can show it to you here it is like here this is cannabis you it's here it's do you tangi- not believe in it now like would you like to touch it yeah it, here it, i will show you i'm gonna smoke some and then i'm not gonna go crazy watch right. me now and so yeah. um we we got rose on the line i wanted oh, yes. to, to talk to her for a bit rose from cannab analysis how are you i'm doing pretty good tonight how are you uh, you know, we we've, we've been better. We've been a lot worse, but we definitely been better. Um, what what's your whole take on this whole thing? Are you done sick of like getting these signatures? I mean, it's for a good cause, but it's getting old, isn't it? <laughs> it it's been a stressful summer for a lot of people, um, not knowing if we were going to make it and what we were going to succeed in doing, and if this was going to be a waste or not. Well, and just, you know, everybody's doing this on a volunteer basis, and they're spending their own money for gas, and they're doing this instead of spending time with their family, and um, and everybody's uh, wife and husband is sick and tired of them spending all their time on the petition, and it's uh, it's been a lot of work, a lot of work, and a lot of dedication. There's a lot of support as well from from spouses and and husbands and things as well like uh, yeah uh, they may be oh, sick oh, yeah. of it I mean, but they're they're supportive but they're they're pretty tired of being supportive <laughs> right yeah and especially <laughs> over something like this that it seems like we've talked about this before and during the legislative hearings all that like it is so obvious to those of us who have utilized these masses of gray matter between our ears that I, I'm appalled that there's still the government still clings on to this. Oh, it's Schedule One, and it's gonna kill you, and all that. Like, it really, guys? Or, still? Yeah, like the opinion that since cannabis is Schedule One, it's more dangerous than Schedule Two drugs, exactly. which include methamphetamine. That and does more damage than anything, I think, because you're setting this level, saying from the government, official on record, that. We would rather you do this than that, and that is dangerous. It's true. It's it's uh, Schedule One is based on a lie, and everything that uh, came from that is based on that same lie. And not even just lies, like blatant racism. I mean, there is a, a book full of what this ridiculousness has been based on. Absolutely, and that's that's what we need to remind people every time they say, "But the government says it's Schedule One," and right. we just have to remind them that's that's based on a lie. Can we also it's still remind based on a lie? And and the overwhelming evidence the, to prove that that's a lie is is you know everywhere. Yeah, it's it's not hard to find anymore. I, I mean, people who say there's no research are are just not looking. Let's let's keep in mind too. This is the same government that enjoys starting wars to jumpstart failing economies, and will do anything that they can to hold on to these, you know, ideologies that they've so gracefully crafted. And God, that worked out well, didn't it? Yeah, <laughs> God, <laughs> amazing. So you're uh, you sent out a uh, you you're running the list for the petition gathering. Is that right? Yes. Okay, and you you re- you just today sent out. Um, a newsletter, kind of an update about what's going on. Uh, we've mm-hmm. been at this, like you said, af- uh, for 11 weeks, 11 intense weeks, and uh, we have eight more days. So uh, we do. you want to you wanna just kind of fill us in of, uh, as far as where we stand and everything? Well, our goal, um, 
uh, was to get five percent of the vote, five percent of the of the qualified voters across the state to get the petition on the ballot, so right. that the voters of Montana could vote on whether that's how they wanted to change their marijuana law or not. And uh, so we needed twenty four thousand three hundred thirty seven valid signatures, and uh, so the con- we we have a couple of consultants. Uh, who are working for us, and they are used to doing this sort of signature gathering effort and uh, have done it for several other issues in the past. So they estimated we needed to get about 39,000 signatures collected in order to make sure that we got 24,337 valid signatures. Is that like a statistics thing that like one out of every, what, 20 or however much the percentage is, is going to be an invalid one or they won't be registered to vote or there'll be some sort of problem or what, what is that because of? Yeah, generally between 70 and 80% of the signatures gathered are valid. Is that um, even with if- training? Even with the proper that's, training and that's all that? even with training, yeah, really, yeah, even professional signature gatherers get get a similar uh, get a similar rate, and so you can go pro at this. I didn't know you yeah, could be you like can, like a professional. I'm in the minors right now, but I'm going pro soon. <laughs> I've actually considered there, that. There are a couple. Yeah. We have a, a couple on staff that we just hired in the last uh, couple weeks, and they basically go out and work for maybe uh, six hours a day, doing nothing but collecting signatures, and they come back with, you know, 100, 150 signatures a day. That's money yeah. well spent for sure. It's money well spent. Do you and find? job at it do you find the people getting paid to do this are more motivated than the ones that are volunteering or is everyone all motivated because of the cause that we're behind here well everybody's motivated uh it's just whether they you know the people who are volunteering here they're doing that in addition to their jobs in addition to their families in addition to a number of you know trying to keep a store open trying to work with other volunteers you know it's in addition to a number of other things so the people who are we pay to do that you know, a lot of times they're students, uh, you know, this is their full-time job or their part-time job, and this is, they've done it before for other um, other issues, and so they're, they're familiar with the process and how to be, you know, assertive and actively going to get signatures from people, and they, they know who to talk to. You know, it, there's a lot of body language and a lot of, uh, there's, there's quite a learning curve to this gathering of signatures. Right. Do you, so it, obviously we're getting a better, uh, like, I don't know what you call it, a turnover rate, or we're, we're getting more signatures from the ones that are being paid to do it because they're, they're going out there knowing that it's their job to do it. Then I, I see a lot of the volunteers sure, maybe sure. collecting you know, and, and, signatures. And a, and a paid gatherer is going to go out there for you know, 20, 30, 40 hours a week, whereas right, a volunteer right. is going to do it you know, when they get off of work for an hour or right, here and there. a few hours right. at the farmer's market doing it or something like that. So it's important to have, you know, hundreds of volunteers, but uh, and even a, a couple <laughs> of paid gatherers can really make a nice dent in what we need to get. Absolutely. Now, do you we find... We only had them for a couple of weeks, so it's it's not like we had them all along. Right, yeah, definitely. Um, do you find that the, the people that are volunteering... Are, I, I kind of see this around here a little bit that they're getting some signatures, but then they're not turning them in. Like they're just—I don't know if they're losing interest or if they feel like, oh, I only got five, so it doesn't matter. I—I I th- I think we need to make the point that even if you just got one, it matters. And Absolutely. people, if every you have... single signature ga- ma- gathered, matters exactly. And uh, a lot 
of people have been accumulating them and saying, well, when I get more, I'll turn them in because I want to I want to give Rose a big stack. Yeah, it's like, well, and I am saying, please turn them in now. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Every signature, um, every signature matters. And, you know, from my position, I'm dealing with volunteers across the state. Right. right. So I'm dealing with hundreds of people who are who are working independently, many of them gathering signatures so they don't understand that even if they only have five signatures, if I have 200 other people out there all sitting on five signatures. There you go. Well, that's a thousand signatures. Exactly. It adds up. And that's that's what we tried to get across in, in uh, a podcast a while ago is that, you know, a, a dollar donated to the show or even donated to the MTCIA. It's not much, and it's not much for you, but with the internet, we can reach out to a million people. Now, if each of you gave us a dollar, don't call it a pyramid scheme because it's a donation, but like, <laughs> there we go. We're well off now, and it, it really, the, right. it scales, and that's the main thing is that it scales. Absolutely, absolutely, and so we have been, you know, we've, I've, the coordinators have been trying to find people that we've trained in the very beginning and right. have maybe we've lost touch with, and, you know, if they gathered some signatures in the beginning, we still want them, you know, and we're going to, we need them from all over the state, and we're going to, we're, we're doing really well, though, and so I, I just think that everybody who has collected signatures uh, should turn them in so that they can be part of the success that we're going to be celebrating pretty soon. That's right. Turn them in and get pats on the backs. That's right. So in the, uh, in, in the mailing you sent out, you said that there's a link here to the signature gatherer affidavit, which needs to be attached to the stop of the top of the stacks of pages sorted by county. Uh, if right. you're in, if you're in the chat, hotboxpodcast.com/slash/live. There's the link to the PDF. Uh, you say it needs to be notarized when it's signed. Make sure you fill out the dates requested correctly. There are right. notaries across the state, and you want these uh, sent to the main processing office on Monday, September twenty sixth. Right. And that 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 letter, I mean, stated like that was mostly for people who may have been working independently, not not reporting regularly to a right. coordinator. That went to the whole the list of people. Right. We just really want their signatures. And uh, I know it's been a long time since they went through training. So here's the the equi- there's the materials you need and, and how to do it. And make sure that if you have any signatures out there to send them back in to me because they all count. And we need as many as we can get. The more we get, the better off we are, the more districts we, uh, we have in our, in our bag, and we, the, the better off we look politically. Um, the, be- the more power we have politically – uh, the more our signatures we get. Yeah, and that's huge, especially with uh, the upcoming elections. We need to show them that we will not stand for this kind of BS ever again. Right. And right. So absolutely. You guys, so we're supposed to get thirty-four house districts. Um, we're supposed to get five percent in thirty-four house districts, and right now we've gotten thirty-one house districts so far, and we have several more that are very, very much on the verge of of being uh, of qualifying. But what we would like to get and what would give us some nice political capital is if we got 50 districts. Right. And that's possible. And I've, I've given the coordinators some information for the weekend to target a few other districts to try and push those over the edge so that we can say we got 5% in over half the state. Right. Now, do we know that's what political we – political capital. That's pull that we can use later that says – you know, and, and we can go to every one of those districts – 
and we can go to every one of the legislature legislators that that was elected in those districts and say, you know, you voted for SB 423. Here are, you know, hundreds of people in your district, more than the people that voted for you in the first place that think that you did the wrong thing. Exactly. And, and uh, that, that's I, powerful political capital. Oh, yeah. And, and they'll feel on, it. I'm looking at the at the. Um, at the, the 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 scroll here, and it says, "Yeah, it is a shame that we have to go through all this in the first place." Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous that we have to go through all. This. It's ridiculous that all these hundreds of people had to waste their summer and, you know, tons of of their own personal finances, resources, uh, not making money, their resources yep. to to undo a bunch of crap that what happened during the legislative session that we that voted that for never in the first place. We voted yeah. for this in the first place. And so right. the address, I post it in the chat, but for anyone listening uh, after the fact, you can go to hotboxpodcast.com, of course, and always listen to any episode that's on there, 1 through 89. Uh, the PFRNR petition headquarters, those are located at 401 West Broadway, Missoula, Montana, five nine eight zero two so make sure you guys get that stuff sent in uh we definitely and don't don't wait till the 29th we got to get it into we got to you know look at them all correct them if they're wrong and and uh and get them uh sorted for the proper county so you know turn them in monday or tuesday not any later than that how do you feel about sb 423 rose tell me what you really think <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be glad when it dies toilet paper oh <laughs> not yes, even that's the nicest thing that could happen. I lay that, it down for my cat. That it has some function, Matt. Yeah, right. There is no function except to make those in charge a little extra cash, and they feel good about themselves. And they Jesus, do. Jesus smiles on them for that. They do. <laughs> that I, I love the Jesus defense. I'll tell you that, that uh, Jeff Esmond's districts and billings are two that we are definitely targeting. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, we that guy. We want to make sure oh, that man. we get our five percent in those two districts. Much like SB four twenty three, he is worthless. He is worthless. He How's... is a he is a bad man. But he lives he lives in an enclave of people that that it's his filter bubble. Yeah. He lives in his he, own filter bubble, so he thinks he's doing he God's and work. The, the very you know geographically, his Senate district is very small. But the people who live there support him and vote for him overwhelmingly. It's because they have no other choice. Who uh, else yeah, are you going to vote be. for there? It must be because it, it's 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 a terrible waste, and he's a terrible legislator. And terrible. He, he's. <laughs> I can't. I I hope he runs for governor. Oh man, so that we can crush him. <laughs> I want to go to his region, and I want to put my cat to run against him. I, I think know. I think my cat has more qualifications, and I believe she would do a much better job uh, than he does. And yeah, I think she that's, would do a great job. That's it. We should make posters. My cat for what, whatever that position is. That'd be great. <laughs> so, how's business going? Are, are you still seeing that little decrease, or is, are things starting to pick up a bit? Or um, things are starting to pick back up. Uh, I'm I'm making some edibles for people, uh, dosed edibles, and uh, testing is starting to pick back up. People Good. are asking around you know is the lab still working is the lab still working and i'm i am still analyzing things for people when they come across and and bring me something so i'm, I'm happy to provide that service and, That's I, awesome. and as the last standing lab in montana yeah i feel like i have to you know so i i will always do that that's great i'm glad you're holding it down and hey you you can train me in the ways of the scientist over in the analyzing if you need an intern or something i am down <laughs> 
so it's a little bit of a drive for you. No worries. <laughs> so, so what does what does SB four twenty three do to your lab? Because I mean, is there is there is is that an area? Obviously, it's not covered under the law necessarily. And so you know, when I when I send you product, let's say if I was to to package something up. Um, one, it's kind of a, it's it's not a supported method of transporting cannabis to send it through any right. sort of delivery system. But let's let's say I I, I drove it down there. Is there like sure. any legal complications for me like handing you over a particular amount of cannabis and and then paying you to analyze it? You did, I mean, is there is, is there any like um, is it like is, with is there anything you, that makes you nervous? Right. I mean, is is this like an because it's not covered? <laughs> what you know, makes like, you nervous, Rose? <laughs> what makes what, makes what do you lose nervous? sleep over at night? Do you dream <laughs> of? <laughs> um, I worry about processing trim for people much more than I worry about uh, um, analyzing a, a bud of cannabis. Um, simply because the the criminal the criminal you know, pay for, for holding a single bud is very low, it, regardless of our medical marijuana law. You and know, now so. your lab can do other things, right? You, you, you don't have to just analyze cannabis or you're out of work. Like, you can do other things with, those, uh, with the equipment you have. Uh, theoretically, yeah. I if mean, you I'm, wanted I'm not, to. I'm not set up to do anything else, but I'd have to go get some columns and, and get some methodology. And I mean, it's different. Like, every, say... The light you're looking for is going to be a totally different set of methodologies. Say hypothetically, I was a mycologist and I had some uh, some mushrooms I wanted tested. Like, could could that machine do that, or is it just a like a plant matter type of thing, or does it work on pretty much anything? Uh, works on pretty much anything, depending on what the compound is you're looking for. Uh, psilocybin, actually. <laughs> hypothetically. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I will. I will look into that. Awesome. I bet. I bet it's. Uh, I bet it is is uh, analyzable for my by my own HPLC. research. For my own research, is is this a spectrometer uh, or what? what, what mass you... mass spe- it's, spectroscopy. It's an HPLC. It's a okay. liquid chromatography. And actually, if you guys want to know more about it, if you go on to YouTube.com/slash/hotboxpodcast, uh, there was a, a cannabis symposium quite a while ago, and Rose gave talks. Uh, Irvin Rosenfeld was there. A couple other scientists. Noel was there. Uh, I yeah. got it all captured, and they're up on the site, and the video of it is up on youtube.com slash hotboxpodcast, and you gave an amazing talk. That was the first time I met you, and I was just like, science, ah. <laughs> it was brilliant, I brilliant. I know. I uh, I shared the secret of how to decarboxylate. Yeah, everyone was just enamored. They were like, oh, yeah. my God, that's how you do it. We've I, been I wasting. Know, and I didn't know whether I was going to get crucified for doing that. Oh, no, that, that was you know, brilliant. Or, or, but people were really uh, interested, and people were really grateful because there's, you know, there's been so much. Oh yeah. Uh, there's so much, you know, mystery about this, how it happens. You on, online and blogs and everything, and nobody's been around to test the results and right. tell you how to actually do it. You may be single-handedly responsible for allowing everyone to make some bomb-ass edibles. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and you that's know, and great. I thought, you know, because that. That to me benefits everyone. Oh yeah, where, absolutely. You know, it, because because to me, edibles <clears throat> edibles are the future. I mean, I think smoking will always be around, but right, edibles but not, are a very accessible way exactly. for people to try cannabis. Not everyone can smoke, and when we're hit with that, well, smoking's bad for you, no matter what it is. Argument. It's like okay, D, you don't have to smoke it; you can eat it. Right. 
You don't have to or smoke it. it you, no one else has to know that you're taking it. You know, it's, yep. it's a very, it's a much more private way of, of medicating. And, um, and, and I just, and there's so much mystery around how you get there. Right. So I, I wanted to at least take some of the mystery out of it and then, you know, and help. And I do, I help people all the time who call me and say, you know, I'm, I'm extracting this and I'm doing this and I'm like, well, tell me exactly what you're doing and I'll try to help you tweak it so you're a little more successful at it. That's great. You know, so I do that all the time and then, you know, hopefully in the future they'll make an extract and I'll test it for them and I'll hey, and we I'll can, test it for we can them. perfect it <laughs> yeah. even further. Well, that's you great. Know? You you do amazing work, Rose, and we're we're really grateful to have you on our team. Thank you. Definitely. Uh com. That's the yes. site. That's and uh, yeah, if anyone, if you guys want to get anything analyzed, if you're in Montana, of course, and you're you're on the up and up in legal beagles, uh, get a hold of Rose. She'll definitely. Yep. Uh, what's tell what's, you what's the uh, what's the cost on a single test on to have a particular? Right now, I'm just I'm gonna go with an even fifty bucks. Fifty bucks per strain. Fifty bucks per strain. Deals in bulk. Bring me a bud or bring me uh, an extract or a butter or whatever it is. How much do you need? I know this has been covered before, but for anyone that's new, how much do you need to be sent? Like an eighth, a gram, two grams? What What does it take to no, get a just really... just a gram. Just one gram, and you can get a yep. full a- a- analytical, here's what's up. Yeah. That's awesome. And how you sample it is, is uh, going to be is going to reflect how, how good of, an, of a result you get, you know, right. how accurate of a result you get. Do you, know, you if prefer... you take a little bit of a bud from several different plants right. and, and, and put that together and give me that as your gram, you know, that's going to be more representative of your crop than if you just give me one giant bud off of one plant. Right. You pick your best-looking one, and the rest are, like, looking sad, but you get this amazing test result right. back. It's like, you know, well, so duh. <laughs> I, I say that the test represents what you gave me. You know, right. if you gave me one bud off of one plant, then that's that's what it's representative of. But if you give me a – you know, because even inside of a single bud, you're going to get different percentages of, of THC. Depending on if it's the cone, the cola, well, or if it's the bottom, sure. or if it's the stem. I'll just send you a bunch of stems. Analyze this. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> right. That was my question. Because we're doing it by weight, you know, well, by the weight of the sample. Right. You know, it's not like we're scraping off all the trichomes and just checking that. Right. We keef everything before it gets analyzed. <laughs> Right. What's that, Ian? What's wh- like how much of a difference, like on average, uh, is like the difference in percentages of these chemicals from, let's say, a smaller, lower branch bud chunk from a, you know, a, the top of a cone or something that's, you know, like the, the what's best the variation? Part of the plant. Yeah, like what's is the there variation? I'd the plus say or it's minus five percent. So if if let's say you tested something and arbitrarily it had a twenty percent THC level and then you pulled a, a less de- desirable uh, flower off of the plant, it, and then mm-hmm. you'd say maybe it would have fifteen percent yeah, somewhere in there. Yeah, it's entirely likely. Okay, it's not an exact. Uh, it's not an exact sure. analysis. It's not an exact science. I mean, we're we're handling a sample that's not homogenous in any way. You know, it's it's a it's a plant. We're not like grinding it up and turning it into flour and then measuring right. that. When you know, so it, there there is some variability to be taken into account. But you can test yourself. You know, you can you can measure the differences between uh, a harvest time. You know, if you if you let your stuff go a week longer or a week shorter, you can see how the THC develops during that. So um, if you took, modify different things during your grow, if you took samples from one plant throughout its course like 
would yeah. you see uh, would you see the the increase in the the different uh, cannabinoids as the plant matures? Like, say you took yes. a, a a little, you would. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. It definitely and, develops during the course of the flowering, and um, and and it and it and it it changes at that point. Yeah, it really. Cool. So yeah. you can you can test oils and and concentrates brownies and you know like whatever product. <laughs> I don't product. test brownies, but right. I like to test what you're making the brownies with. The sure. cooking oil or the butter. Yeah, the or, oil or the butter or um, uh, any uh, tinctures, that sort of thing. Interesting. What's the highest percentage of THC that you have personally tested in a in a plant? Yeah, uh, it's a twenty nine percent. No shit. Wow. Shit. Nice. Do you remember do you remember what strain that was? It was a purple urkel. Ah, a purple urkel. Lovely. With a purple urkel. <laughs> do you find that there's a lot of variation in like say Ian sends you a purple urkel and then someone from Bozeman sends you a purple urkel? Like can you show that these are not the same strains and that some people are just completely bullshitting what they're naming stuff, just pulling things out of their asses or is um, it not well, that I don't do genetic work. Oh, okay, and that's genetic. You do genetic work. Right. Joe over at uh, Montana Biotech right. does genetic okay. work, and he can differentiate strains that are grown in different places. Is Joe the guy that has the the THC tattoo on his neck, or is that someone else? I'm thinking maybe of. Joe Lassarenza. He gave a talk at the symposium, also. Hmm. I don't know. No, there, I just remember no, a guy that Brandon. had the he had a tattoo of a molecule on his neck. I of, think of that's the t- Brandon. Oh, okay, Brandon. I thought he was the um, biotech guy. No, Joe is a guy. He's in Bozeman also, and he has a he has a uh, a GC, and he but he also is uh, does a lot of genetics work. That is and, cool. Um, if so I... he does he does some of that differentiating the strains. But if somebody has the same strain, you know, if somebody's growing purple oracle in Bozeman, and then somebody else is growing it somewhere else, you know, their growing environments are completely different. Their right. nutrition, and you can pick their up light, on, their on everything that. they're doing is completely different. It's you know, so you can't really expect the same exact final product out of each of those. But he could match it and say the purple Urkel you sent me is actually strawberry Kush or something like that. If he had the genetic markers of all of those plants. Yes, he could. That's awesome. If I wanted yeah. a tour of the lab, like, do you do that stuff? Nope. No. Okay. Because <laughs> I want to. I want to see. I want to see the you process. Know, when I don't have to be so underground, I, oh, okay. I would be happy to do that. But okay. right now, it's uh, it's just not feasible. In, well, in other words, she has a moving lab. Right. It's, it's in an RV <laughs> that she drives around at, and does tests. I'm going to randomly show up at your door, and you're going to give me a tour. How about that? <laughs> Awesome. We shall see. All right. Well, thanks, Rose. I appreciate it. It's always great having you on. We love the, well, the conversation. And uh, anything else you want to leave the people with? Uh, just get those signatures in. Anyth- anything like that? Get those signatures in. And it's been it's been a long, hard road, but I think we're gonna succeed, and and that is very rewarding. Failure so. is not an option. Failure was not an option, and I'm telling you, it was. Not. And if and if anyone has questions for Rose, uh, cannabinalysis.com, that's her website. Her contact yep. info's on there. Facebook. Yep. Uh, do you friend just anybody on Facebook or do you have I to don't. know them? Okay, so you just I know. just go to the website. I, yeah, rose at cannabinalysis.com, but you can message me through Facebook even if you're not my friend. Oh, nice. Are you on yeah. Google Plus yet? I am not, but okay. I hear that you are. It is great. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. Well, did you have any more questions for uh, Ian? No, I really enjoyed uh, having you here, though. Oh, yeah, nice Ian's my new co-host. I don't know if you've been on since we've been doing shows, but nope. Yeah, this this is uh, Ian. So we've met before, though. Yeah. Awesome. All right. She's well, like, thanks. Yeah. That. Yeah. I have one no idea people who this jerk off is. Yeah, All right. I'm right. Fall, and not in Great Falls in Kalispell. Yeah. I yeah. Blonde. Yeah. Chubby. Oh. <laughs> Chubby. Awesome. Aww. All right, well, thanks, Rose. We appreciate the call always. All right, well, you All guys right. have good night. Absolutely, bye bye. Right. I was gonna say that really narrows it down. A blonde chubby, blonde kid in Montana. chubby kid, yeah, Montana, uh, get in line, dude. <laughs> Jesus. Oh man, he's at Let, the scoreboards every food. Thursday. For, less dude food. Uh, <laughs> awesome. Well, great. I always love talking to Rose. It's cool to have like a scientist on on our side that can be like, "Look, idiots." This is what's going on. And she'll tell it like it is. That's what I really love about her. She will not mm. sugarcoat it. Like, if right. you're being an idiot, she's told me I've been being an idiot, I think, once before. She'll, you? she'll let you know. No. no. Oh, come on. Have your cat run for office? Come on. You're being an idiot. <laughs> Matt, you're being an idiot. Hold on. Every time you open your mouth, you're Where's being the bell? an idiot. <laughs> All right. Uh, the FBI says they've uh, arrested 750,000 people for simple marijuana possession. What for? Three quarters of a million people were arrested last year for simple marijuana possession. There's nothing simple about that, Ian. This is the FBI. I like to think my FBI has something a little more important, maybe a little more related to national security yeah, but than they- simple marijuana possession. Isn't that the police's job? Like, what are you doing arresting people for simple marijuana possession? This isn't trafficking. This isn't drug cartel shit. This is stupid. Simple marijuana I, possession? I, I am going to say it's symbolic that so that ah. they can put things on reports. They have, you it, know, it look, at, look, the numbers, at all the, right? look at all this work that they've done. All of these uh. these arrests and all of these charges that are being pressed. You know, they, they, they it's, it's easy targets. I mean, padding the numbers. I, that's a good idea, anyway. Uh, 48% other drug arrests, 52% marijuana-related arrests. Is that because everyone, marijuana is the baseline, it's like dissecting humans, like they're water in all of them, <laughs> and then right. some of them had this. Right, thing. right, right. And then uh, 88% arrests for simple marijuana possession, 12% other marijuana arrests. Is it, What's do you an feel other s- marijuana arrest? Other uh, a complex. So, oh, I don't know. Right. Uh, you do you feel safer? Do you feel safer? Dot org. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, just terrible tonight. Uh, <laughs> these marijuana users are off our streets, and I'll tell you what. I have never had my car broken into because of this. No. Wow. I did just the other day. Those sons of bitches. You know. I think that if uh, this is an interesting point is that if you are a a, a business owner, especially like in the food industry, or um, if if you if you accept business from people in your community, chances are that a, a portion of them, let's say ten percent of those individuals, are open about cannabis use. Sure, and so I, you know, taking all of these the simple marijuana arrests, all taking all these. The, the quarter million people, um, it, I kind of view sometimes like getting speeding tickets and things as an extra form of taxation, much like getting caught with cannabis in a simple arrest. 
Yeah, it's, it's your it's, holiday it's bonus. another form of taxation towards you as an individual because under the guise of we're keeping you safe from yourself. Right, right. But you're you're being taxed and so that that money, those fines, the time that you have to spend on dealing with that simple charge is is taking that right. time and money out of, you know, your local communities. Um fully. You know, so so if you're a business owner and you are conducting business with with the the public, you know th- those kinds of things affect your bottom line or your top line, however you look at and it, and should be factored in prior to so that you don't end up losing your ass. Right. So if 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 our local officials decided to um, have a huge erection for cannabis users and start you know arresting and and writing all these tickets out and and all of those things, that money that the cannabis users were previously spending on other items are now going towards their fines and and the stipulations behind their um charges that now i can't buy my baby diapers my baby ain't got no food because you arrested me right well and the same thing happens with like speeding tickets you know when you get when you get a speeding ticket um or let's say you run a stop sign or something and there's a fine imposed there which is which is just a form of, of of taxation you know the um, because that money supposedly that they generate through tickets and things is is put back into um, road maintenance and 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 stuff supposedly or whatever running right. the running your local uh, uh, departments that that oversee these things. But I feel that laws should be in place to protect us, not to find nitpicky bullshit stuff that is going to screw us over in the long run. Like if I'm doing something, me doing forty. In a 35 and getting a ticket for $55, hypothetically, you're not helping me. You're not helping anybody else. You're just being a dick, and the quota system is completely screwed. You cannot impose that the cops need to find this many problems or else they're not going to get a paycheck or I, I, I know it's not that but that is such a flawed way of running a population you cannot you can't impose this because people are corrupt by nature and they're going to find things they're going to make up shit well what do you mean by corrupt by nature? I mean, I mean, if if you give people a system, they will loophole it. They will find ways around it. They will find ways to exploit it. Not everybody, but there will always be somebody that does that. Pushing the envelope, finding sure. ways to your get around. boundaries, testing the the water. I, so I to think speak. that's how. I think that that's then very true. Maybe because, corrupt was the wrong word. Okay. It's it's a human nature to work the system, figure yeah, out a better way. The, yeah, the, especially when it's something that we cannot make sense of in our minds. Like, you tell me marijuana is bad and worse than meth, and I smoke it and find out that you lied. That that just feeds the, feeds the beast even more. I'm, I want to know what else you lied about now. Is Santa Claus not real? Is God not real? Like, what are you... Where's that line, you know? And we saw that here. We had the medical marijuana system, and a couple people maybe came and found loopholes and started doing podcasts and giving people cards over <laughs> their show. You know, that's in essence what it was, you know, a little Skype teleconference. Doctor's like, oh, yeah, there you go. And especially when you're running around telling people, hey, anyone can get their card for no reason. Just bring your friends. Let's get these numbers out there. Like, that's that's abusing the system. And I don't know if you're completely to blame for what we're having to deal with now because it was inevitable. Eventually, those people in charge would have been like, uh, 
we have Hurricane Katrina destruction here because medical marijuana. We better repeal it. You guys didn't know what you were voting for. You're lucky we even give you the right and, to vote. And because it's so you short. Can't. It's so short sighted because oh, completely. Without medical, um, without a medical marijuana law, there's still marijuana use. Like people are still going to use it, and just because you take the law away, I mean, you will have a. There, there are going to be people that will not use it after it's strictly illegal again. But a large majority of people, even the patients that had never used cannabis before the medical marijuana law, and now that they have introduced themselves to it and have have had an improvement, they're probably still going to want to use it. After it becomes illegal again, if that ever did right. happen. Right. I mean, we have studies. Here, this one from L.A. The pot clinic shut down. The crime went up. We had something. I can't, I can't uh, find where it went. But it said that even, even with the dispensaries closing down and all of these stringent rules. Oh, here it is. It was from Kate Chulawa from the MTCIA. Um the Montana medical marijuana cardholders are dropping. The numbers are dropping. And what yep. she said is that people are still smoking. We've said this. Everyone knows this. The card number has no bearing on how many pot smokers there are. Your numbers will continue to decline the harsher and the more annoying and more of a pain in the ass you make it to be able to get your card. That doesn't mean those people are like, well, I guess I can't smoke pot anymore. Right. Fuck that. We're still smoking. And I think for a lot of people, it's been the ability to get their card renewed. One, since the law changed, all the physicians have been charging more money and there's less physicians doing it. Um, they don't want to be targeted. Right. And so for a lot of people, getting their card renewed, that's one of the most common questions uh, people come in off the street to ask me. Uh, my card's about to expire. What do I do now? Like, this law has changed. Do you plant I, some seeds, wh- bro. Yeah, what do I luck. do? <laughs> what, how do I get my card renewed? Where do I go? And so I think that, w- the, for one, getting your card renewed is a – little bit more of a mysterious process because it's harder to find someone that will do it for you. It's not impossible. Um, you know, where we live here in Kalispell, there there's a Kalispell-only clinic here for Flathead Valley, essentially, that that they're doing renewals and they're doing new patients. They're working with the law. This is actually kind of a, a neat system. Um, I, I, I've started sending patients here because instead of working around the new law, they're working with it. Um, in SB 423, our new cannabis law, there are provisions in... Fingerprints. Well, and we discussed that last episode. Right, right. With the physicians, though, they have to establish a, a patient-doctor relationship. And for a lot of the physicians that had been doing these recommendations, th- there is no relationship. You v- go... Via teleclinic or even the in-person ones that right. just went in and out. You go, you show them your records, they look it over, they talk to talk to you for a few minutes, let's say 10, 15, 20 minutes. Sure. And you get your recommendation and you leave and you don't ever see that person again until, you know, uh, until next you year that you need your renewal. Right. Um. Under SB 423, with this with this provision about building a doctor-patient relationship, this clinic in Kalispell has been in, inviting their patients to voluntary clinics, which means that you and, and a small to handful... To learn things? Right. And That's so awesome. you and a, and a few 
a handful of other patients that have similar conditions will be invited. These are not mandatory and they do not cost anything, but you're invited to these clinics that the physician is there as well as a few other patients. And you can talk to the physician and the other patients about your experience with cannabis, what's been working well for you. And again, you have to keep in mind that the other patients that are there are people that are dealing with the same kind of ailments. And so it's like a support group. Correct. And so three or four times a year, you're invited to this, these things. And that's how they're building up. They, that's how they're working with the new law. They are, they're constructing that doctor patient relationship without it being any extra cost to you with it being voluntary. You know, they're making it very easy on the patients and, and obviously following the law. They're providing a new service while improving on their existing. Correct. And that's awesome. Correct. And that's there's a good. lot of patients um, that, that really appreciate that kind of thing because... I would volunteer time to go in there and record them for them so they could put them up online so people that couldn't make it could watch them. You know, stuff like that. There's a lot of stuff we, we can do to get this information out to people. Correct. Uh, that's actually a really good idea. I wonder if they'd be interested in doing something like that or up. having like a cannabis clinic. We have the technology. cannabis clinic. Uh, recording or something that would be, or maybe we could just invite them on the show. There you go. There I, go. I know that they would be down for that. Do I it. can talk to them on Wednesday. That's your job. All right. Um, <laughs> so that's kind of an interesting approach since the law has right. changed. There's, and because of the law changing, it's it's actually you know produced a a, and I know they're not the only it's ones. Killed in competition. I think. I mean, for the most part, it's it's made the ones that are on the up and up fully rise to the top, definitely. But it has dissolved a lot of people are scared, man. People close shop. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, not only because maybe they weren't doing everything by the book, but maybe they have passed. A lot of people are having problems with the fingerprint thing. Sure. I've been re- and the, just, you know, not to say that Facebook has any kind of credence, but these are people <laughs> posting things on there. It's not like, oh, I just took a dump and here's a picture of it. Like th- people having legitimate fears and being like, what are you doing? Like, wh- how are you getting around it? What are, mm-hmm. what are we going to do? Like they're, it's frightening. There's only one thing you can do. I can do. imagine having a family and wondering if the door's going to get kicked in and AKs or ARs pointed in my kids' faces if I had kids. Like, I could not imagine what that's like, you know? And to put our citizens under that kind of... That's that's so demeaning. Mm. It's, it's, it's sad, man. For a lot of folks, that's that's a big risk, you know, because you're, you know, you're trying to... You could lose it all. Not yeah, you could lose more than what you started. I mean, you could For lose real. everything literally. You know, if a federal drug trafficking indictment in can system. tear your entire life apart, for, yeah. and so that's that's a big um, unknown don't. for a lot of people, which causes a lot of stress and and most which makes you have to just smoke more weed. <laughs> most <laughs> Americans don't deal with stress very well. You know, no, they they not at all. They go past the stress, past the the fight or flight thing, or bottle it. Yeah, and then and then you know if if you can't fight or flight your stress, then you really kind of enter this unconscious stage of of mental uh, orientation, and and that's where a lot of well, yeah, that's where a lot of Americans find themselves, and they find themselves medicating for their stress or distracting themselves. You know, habitual shoppers or people that watch ten hours of TV every day, they they're 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 distracting themselves so that they don't have to deal with their daily stress. You now, know is it? stress on the list? Of what? Of uh, accepted medical ailments? It, it's not, but Should I, be. I think that that is what cannabis does first and foremost, is it is a stress reliever. The Once American, you get past the anxiety that comes with, oh my God, I'm doing something illegal federally. Like Once you get past that, like you and I have and uh, most people right. we know, we don't freak out about that anymore. I smoke right. weed all day at work and just be cool as a kitten. You know, It's, it's not a problem, but some people... 
they, that freaks them out because it might be the only law that they are knowingly it's, breaking. Exactly. You know, it's the, it's the only thing that they're stepping over that line for. And yep. so, you know, if if you're it's a, so worth it, <laughs> <laughs> I would just say, yeah, yeah you, you got to, got to. Um, so, and she says, uh, there've been some, or this is writing, uh, Matt Gorris in, in from the AP he says there've been some glitches in, in implementing the tough new law, such as when the department of corrections found that some parolees were still able to get a medical marijuana card simply by lying on the form. Members of the Joint Children's Families Health and Human Services Interim Committee said those cards have since been revoked. Now, would you call these glitches? No. S- walking all over our constitutional rights? Is that a glitch? Uh, this, this is just a little glitch. That, that right. and the Bill of Rights. They're just little glitches. We're just going to get rid of those. Constitution would, wouldn't they glitch. Like to? Wouldn't they like to? Oh, they'd love to. The number of cardholders dropped by about 15% through the end of August to fewer than 27,000 cardholders. That's Roy Kemp, Deputy Administrator at the Department of Public Health and Human Services. That number is expected to keep dropping as cards issued under the old law expired. Hey, uh, have you guys got my card yet, by the way? Just still haven't seen that. It's been have you ever called eight them? Eight months? No. You've never tried to track no, down your paperwork or anything? Sandy did, and she said that they were getting them out. And that's the last hour. Well, they won't release any information about you to anybody but you. Oh, really? Because she Correct. had a bunch of patients that never got cards. They won't tell her anything about oh. it. And, and there's a lot of people that didn't get them. So did you get any mail no. uh, from I, the state about anything? Nothing. Like the, I've hey, the law nothing. is changing nope. or anything? I haven't no. gotten anything. Then you probably didn't get put in the system. The money you sent them, did the check yep. get cashed? Uh, I believe so, yeah. Well, then they have she you in the sent system. That. She sent all that stuff. So oh. I... I Right. So it, honestly, maybe maybe it didn't get set. Do but, your own paperwork. I don't want to. <laughs> so, right. It's it, yeah. Um, the new law aims to make it more difficult to get a card. That one sentence, Matt Gores, beautiful. That is all the new law does is making it more difficult for people to get cards. It's not doing shit about people smoking because people are still smoking. Uh, when the law went into effect, more than 4,000 caregivers in the state were stripped of their credentials as dramatically different rules for selling medical marijuana went into place. Since then, 285 caregivers have registered as marijuana providers, and there are more applications pending. Quote, it is still very early for the department to discuss any changes at this time. Thank you, Roy Kemp. Uh, tougher new rules go into place that will soon force providers to submit to a fingerprint background check. And then Kate Chalawa of the MTCIA told legislators that the law isn't causing fewer people to use marijuana. It's only increasing the number of illegal users. The industry opposed the law in the legislature and is backing efforts in the courts and with the ballot box to undo the legislator's work. Do you even call that work? <laughs> work is like progress and you know taking energy and moving stuff like you're moving stuff but it's backwards you're moving things backwards let's stop a group called patients for reform not repeal has reported some success in gathering signatures to ask voters to throw out the tougher new law in favor of the medical marijuana law that voters approved in 04 which didn't voters approve that in 01 no was it not 01 Mm, no. It was, was it 04? Yeah. Really? Yeah, what happened 04. in 01? Uh, I could have sworn we had it since 01. No. Nope, I've 04. read that. I know. I've read that. It was 04. That was we've incorrect. We've had the program for like seven years. Wow. Or so. That's crazy. In, in 2004. 
Uh, in an ongoing court battle, a judge issued preliminary injunction blocking portions of the new law, including prohibitions on commercial medical marijuana operations and a provision allowing unannounced searches of the providers. Well, in SB 423, they, they really wanted to be able to do unannounced searching of anybody associated and with the And use those fingerprints to get that. Well... The fingerprinting for the providers is one thing, but under SB 423, one of the things that has a temporary injunction against it is um, unwarranted searches. So if even if you were just a patient, um, the SB 423 should allow the, the uh, local law enforcement to come by and inspect your house anytime they would like unannounced between the hours of 8 and 5. So they have to come during business hours, which well, means you probably aren't home if you have a job, right. and they don't need a warrant to go into your house, whether you're there or not. That's because, comforting, right? Because you're a medical marijuana patient. I feel good. Obviously, you're a criminal that needs to be checked in on. Well, obviously, all I've been doing is smoking pot and raping. <laughs> I mean, God, what else do you do when you smoke pot? It's the only thing I could think of. So, well, that's that's sad. And going back to the whole uh, 750,000 people arrested here, I wanted to kind of go over a little bit of this. Uh, he says, over the past year, this is uh, Morgan Fox writing on the MPP blog, over the past year, the Obama administration stated that, quote, the war on drugs is over. Did you know that? Yeah, it's been over for years. We're just still, they maybe get the memo on, on that. They're uh, still fighting it, though. I know. That's what I'm saying. That's. Did you guys know the war's over? Like, you can go, go home, pack your, your shit up, families, and get the fuck out of here. Uh, and that the government was going to shift its focus away from law enforcement and interdiction and instead put a more effort towards public health and education with regard to drugs. At a press conference just last week, Office of National Drug Control Policy Director Gil... Kirkalakskwell stated that we cannot arrest our way out of the drug problem. Amen to that. Very true. It's not a criminal problem. If anything, it's psychological, medical. Why are we doing drugs? Because you made life fucking suck. Well, that's why. People have been using mind-altering substances before that there were laws against it. I before. Think I think it's the nature yeah. of individuals to want to change their perspective or It's a new gain. outlook, man. You open your eyes. You know, even if it's Power just a few people. hours of altered reality, that's it's a break It's refreshing. From, yeah, it's it's a break from For sure. your, it's change. your regular. That's what Obama was all about. <laughs> change, man. I know I've been eating shrooms the whole time, nigga. Come on, let's party. Uh, he says, if these statements are true, then how do they justify the arrests of more than 853,000 people for marijuana-related violations in 2010? Can you justify that, uh, drug czar? No? That's one person arrested every 19 seconds. I feel safer already. The drug czar maintains that law enforcement protocols are still considered a useful tool for eliminating suppliers and dealers as a way to decrease overall use. Now, keep that in mind. Off of the Cannabis Culture magazine here, we have some people that are uh, maybe U.S. officials, maybe uh, on, the, on the down low. They say that we have Mexican drug cartels throwing parties for U.S. officials. And we've talked about this on the show before. I don't remember if it was this show or if it was on the jam hole. But we talked about how one of the heads of one of the cartels in Mexico issued a statement thanking the oh, U.S. Right. Yeah, you, I remember was that, that the show? Uh, no, but I do remember the, the, uh, the piece mm -hmm. on it. He thanked you guys for your outrageous drug policy because the stricter your drug policy is, the more money they're making. 
And so if you're, according to the drug czar, these law enforcement protocols are considered a useful tool for eliminating suppliers and dealers and decreasing overall use, the statistics contradict that. The quotes from the Mexican drug cartel leaders contradict that. You're doing nothing but feeding this underground market of corruption. Uh, we have two former law enforcement officers saying they cannot get anyone to investigate allegations that the Mexican drug cartels have corrupted U.S. law offices and politicians uh, in the El Paso border region. Greg Gonzalez, a retired Dona Ana County Sheriff's deputy, and Wesley Dutton, a rancher and former New Mexico State livestock investigator, said that instead of arrests and prosecutions of suspects, their whistleblowing activities have resulted only in threats and retaliation against themselves. Is that is that safer, Donor? Do you feel safer about that? You try to do good. Uh, man, I, I don't know about safer. I just I, I think it kind of goes without saying that when you when you have that that conflict there that there's going to be corruption because there's so much money involved. A lot that, of money. You know, it's it's funny what you can get someone to do for a hundred bucks. You know, if you pull a hundred dollar Chris Benjamin a, a, out of your pocket yeah. and say, "Fear factor." Yeah, I want you, you to that. do. You could name it you know, SSD. So for a hundred, yeah, for a hundred bucks, <laughs> I mean, you know, if you want to get but, dirty, <laughs> you know, imagine what you, you know, what would you do for a thousand bucks? You know, the, imagine it's a little bit larger. But then when you start talking about what would you do for ten million dollars? Imagine what would you do for a Klondike bar? <laughs> huh? Huh? Imagine. Wah, wah, S- wah. Right. Um, you know, but for, yeah. Um, so for ten million dollars, what you know, what wouldn't what you do? Wouldn't it, yeah. What exactly. wouldn't you do if somebody dropped ten million dollars on your doorstep and said, "This is what we want you to do"? And I feel like I already did it. I'm doing it right now. Yeah. yeah so that's the that's that's the kind of force that drives some of this corruption. And for a lot of these people, ten million dollars is nothing. I mean, they 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 could piss away ten million dollars, and, and it's not really a. It doesn't affect them in any way, shape, or form. Um, Can you piss it away in my direction? Because right? I could live the rest of my life so happy, right? Like that. Yeah, absolutely. I would podcast till you my would piss dying. Ten million dollars away in three years. No way. Yeah, you would. No way. I've yeah. already lived that part of my life. <laughs> I, I, I would responsibly. I would hire people to grow poppies and <laughs> coca stocks for me and invest. I would probably start my own cartel. Honestly. I don't think ten million dollars would get your ground get you off the ground. No, probably not. I mean, it'd it make for one cool fucking year of podcast shows, though. I'll tell you what, I do a show in every fucking city in the world, <laughs> live. What's up? Oh, buy me a new RV outfit. Oh man, I the things I would do. It's probably good. I make shit for money, huh? So. This guy says, quote, I lost my job for a security company at the federal courthouse in Las Cruces because I would not keep my mouth shut and someone threatened me by holding a knife to my throat. That's uh, Greg Gonzalez, the retired uh, sheriff's deputy. Uh, The rancher, Dutton, he said uh, an election official stopped by his ranch to ask him what was it going to take for him to retract his allegations concerning the official. Ten mil. Or SSD. I mean, what, what's it going to take? That's With, corrupt, man. The other thing is that uh, you got to wonder if that person that comes to you and asks what you would do to retract that if they were actually just seeing if you were corrupted. You know, if right, there's, right. You know, the test. Bureau of in, in, you know Internal Investigations, if they send somebody over there to see if you are willing to be corrupted, you know, they, you know, that's that's maybe a little bit of a risk that you take. Yeah. 
But, I mean, do tests like that need to be done every now and then? We got to know that these people are on the up and up. They have secret shoppers for cigarettes and alcohol. Why don't we have secret shoppers for corrupt individuals? That's how that one dispensary got popped, right? They had sold to an undercover. It's, I mean, and little... probably bought guns that didn't have serial numbers. Sure. I mean, I mean, if you're going to kill people, I don't want serial numbers on that. You know, it's common sense. But yeah, no, that, that's and that's that's terrible that that's getting mixed in with you know this whole cannabis thing. You know, because it is a drug. It's like, well, you're some of the supplements at the health food store are ripping people off because they're complete BS. Homeopathy is complete BS. But it's a huge industry, and we have this plant that actually does help people. We have the proof, and it's a Schedule 1. It's so infuriating. Uh, So FBI Special Agent uh, Michael Martinez said that the FBI cannot comment on its former or current relations with confidential sources. Dutton said an FBI official who used to be in El Paso sent a memo to other law enforcement agencies in the area to dissuade them from talking to him and Gonzalez or having anything to do with them. So uh, one of the street gangs that works for the Juarez cartel put a hit out on FBI special agent Samantha McKeska, and uh, I told the FBI as soon as I heard about it, Dutton said. We also had information on campaign fundraisers and parties in La Union that the cartel held for officials from New Mexico and El Paso. Hey, how's that campaign fund coming? It's there. I'm done. I got all my money. I mean, it's just like the the pharmaceutical companies pampering the physicians that exactly. sell their drugs. We I mean, see this in every aspect of life. Wherever right. there's money, we have this corruption. Well, and it's kind of, is that capitalism? It's, it's only corruption because it, it's not in the people's best interest. It's because they're but saying one thing and doing another. It's that's kind what of I employee think. appreciation. It, yeah. It's really kind of an employee appreciation because if you're if you're on on one of these organizations' payroll or if they're funding your campaigns or if you know it's it, they're really just they're that's in business a way, as usual yeah in, right. in a way they they're 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 patting your pockets they are appreciating what you're doing to make their business better we appreciate um, you uh, arresting your citizens with ridiculous um, <clears throat> drug policy because it's making our business boom. Just a boom. Well, if it wasn't about drugs, but if look at coffee, you know, coffee is a legal imported substance that's sure one of the one of the Stimulant? top. Yeah, well, it's also one of the top imported products into America, and so right, right. you you can guarantee that there is the same kind of of pocket padding, the same, the same kind on. of yeah, exactly, because the the people that are growing. Coffee beans want a better business, a more lucrative business by sending coffee to Starbucks. Right, but we don't have these guys saying, ooh, coffee's Schedule 1, bad, and then turning around and, you know, making their living off of selling it to people. That's, I think, isn't that the big problem is the hypocrisy, the doing one thing and saying another? That's always a big problem. Uh, sure. Let me see if I can find this. There's an interesting thing about uh, what companies paid the most money to lobbyists, and it's actually ah, kind of surprising because cigarette compu- uh, tobacco. No, companies? no, no. Wait. Let me see. If okay, I can find, find it. it. Um, so this says uh, the DPS here. They they has. Um, Videos, telephone records, other documents gathered gathered over the 18 months he worked with the FBI. Dutton collected this. Uh, he said the DPS never asked to see any of it. During his work with the FBI, Dutton said the FBI asked him to accept drug shipments from Mexico through his ranching company. Hey, that's cool. No problem. Bring him in. Sure. What is it? 
the drugs were concealed in horse saddles, and we started getting a lot of them, he said. But the FBI kept putting me off when I asked for the money to pay the cartels for the drugs. I had to use my own money. The FBI still owes me thousands of dollars for these out-of-pocket expenses. You didn't put that on the expense report? Like, bought cocaine from La Crucis Cartel. $5,000. I'm going to get reimbursed for this, right? Okay. No, you're supposed to sell it, you dumb shit. And and then you make the... Yeah. Uh, As a state livestock investigator, Dutton made arrests like any other law enforcement officer, collaborated with sheriff's offices, seized drugs, and investigated thefts. He also developed intelligence that cartels used cross-border cattle shipments to transport drugs across the border at Santa Teresa. Uh, Dutton said other informants told him that the Zetas drug cartel has a high-level member in Las Cruces whose wife holds a non-law enforcement job in the DA's office. Oh, that's handy. Got it. Got my man on the inside. Hell yeah. Uh, the whistleblowers alleged that the corruption they've encountered includes a prominent doctor in El Paso who provides prescriptions for drugs to people who need to pass lie detector tests. Interesting. Huh. The FBI was provided with all this information, and I guess that's why they're now saying that we're crazy, Dutton said. Dutton and Gonzalez said their frustration over the lack of investigations has compelled them to turn to U.S. lawmakers and to Judicial Watch for help. If you didn't know, Judicial Watch is a conservative, nonpartisan educational foundation in Washington, D.C., which promotes transparency, accountability, and integrity in government, politics, and the law. Every year, the organization publishes the top most ten wanted corrupt politicians of both major political parties. That would be an interesting read, I bet. So, the list corruption. I'm looking for is I believe it's actually in a book at my house that oh. uh, my girlfriend <laughs> just brought home. Now nice. that I think about it, but it's it, it it's funny because a lot of them are food companies, you know, uh, companies really? that are um, trying to sell certain food products. And this and, is and lobbying kind of against marijuana, or no, 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 just lobbying in general. The, oh, okay, the amount of money that's in, that's spent okay. on lobbyists to have laws written in a particular way that's going to benefit those particular businesses. Right. Um, and a lot of them are food companies. I mean, GE obviously is on, on the top of the, one of those lists because right. of all of the different Siemens, things that they're involved in. any of in. the companies that produce everything from light bulbs Correct. to chips and boards and all that. Right. Correct. But some major players in the in the lobbyist firms are food companies, people that you know produce like you is know that PepsiCo. for the obesity stuff. Like, please don't no, pass laws that make kids eat good. Or it's more of let's let's not pass laws that make us make healthy food. Let's let us do whatever we want. Let us produce oh. food that doesn't really that isn't nutritious that doesn't do much other than. Fill you up, yeah, and turn you into a big giant. And it's waste. cheap. It's cheap. It's completely unhealthy. And do you think a lot of that has to do with like how they take care of their animals and stuff? Like kind of the PETA side of it. Like treat your animals well. Don't grow chickens without beaks and legs. Like that kind of thing. Or is it more for what? Um. Yeah, probably GMO foods. But you know, I think one of the one of the top ones was like. First of all, like the use of high fructose corn syrup is so common today that, that that's allowed. But there are other substances that companies are wanting to be allowed in food 
that they can sell on the open market. So the FDA uh, will, will approve it because if right. the law says that they can have it in the food, then they can have it in the food. You know, like lacing beef with ammonia. That's something that's in the last 10 years us. that they've started lacing beef at fast food restaurants with ammonia. <gasps> and so they, they had to. Is that for real? Yeah. 30% of beef. Was that on Super Size Me? No. That's um, Food Inc. My food cat ink. pees ammonia. Right. Why? So, well, because it it, it prevents um, it's a preservative. Disease, yeah, it pre- it prevents diseases and other things to produce or oh. to to replicate onto the onto the beef patties. And so, a wow. third or thirty percent of the beef that is used in hamburger patties has been infused with ammonia to keep keep all that scary That's shit off nasty. the beef. And it, well, right. it's bad for bacteria, obviously. We use it in cleansers, but that can't be good for us. Absolutely not. And so the thing is, wow, though, is with man. all of this is that... I'm glad you know, you're that shit. <laughs> your diet is directly related to your health. You know, Absolutely. The, 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 the healthier you eat, the, the better you treat your body with nutrients and things, the healthier, the, the more healthy you will be. <laughs> and so... They control the food lines. They control the health. They control the mood. They control... Reality, in right? And sense. so, if you're eating wow, man, crap all the time, you you more than likely are going to have more health issues, which is going to send you into the the medical system. You know, it's weird. I eat rock stars and Jolly Rancher twosomes like there's no tomorrow, and like I feel fine. I don't eat vegetables or fruits but, at all. But now I haven't since I was a kid. Right, but so you carnivore. don't know what the other side of the fence is like. I'm thirty, you, but yeah, right. You don't know. Could, you right. don't know how you would feel if you ate a sustained, healthy diet. You know, if you were eating me. raw, natural foods, and if you were, you know, consuming food that was that was nutritional, like beneficial to you, right. you probably would feel a lot better than you do now. Like, wow. you know, how many hours do you sleep a day? Not very many. Right. And maybe if you were eating healthier, the rest that you would get would be, be more right. And so, huh. and, and so the healthier H- you are. How do carnivores get along, though? We eat meat, which the meat ate plants, the herbivores. Like, I just kind of think of it that way, that, like, I get it one way or another, but I'm not eating it directly, you know? And not I, at all. No? No. Okay. I'm no, probably going to die next year, so if you guys want to... <laughs> um, that's crazy, though. But I didn't know that. Wow. Th- those things relate to your health, what you eat. And so if you're eating unhealthily, you are going to have more health yeah. problems. And that's, and that's where we find ourselves with, with um, you know, people that have pain conditions or people that have fibromyalgia and things sure. like that. That is inflamed by your diet. If you don't eat well and you have fibromyalgia, you will experience more symptoms than somebody that eats very healthily. Well, that's the first thing doctors say. Absolutely. Change your you are what you, you are what you eat. You know, right. and so if you're eating crap, you're going to feel that way. And so, you know, for for let's say cannabis patients, for instance, I think it's a it's it's a really good idea if you are trying to um, deal with your your health conditions in a more natural way by using cannabis. It, it may be, you know, beneficial for you to look into what you're eating. A good rule to start with is don't eat anything that you don't know where it's from. Like if you can't if you can't say if you don't know where the food came from try not to eat that you know if and is what that forces you to do is eat more locally eat things that aren't so processed you know now, you don't know where a bag of doritos chips came from right. you have no idea and it, and it didn't come from one place because the corn that they use not in those all. chips has come from all over the place probably not even real corn a lot of food that's shipped and and this is something and now don't we have to do that though because of how great our population is like wouldn't isn't it impossible to feed everybody. I mean, we're not feeding everybody as is, but isn't it impossible to, to be able to feed everybody doing it that way? Or do you just break it down into smaller communities and say, here, 
grow your own shit because we can't afford to ship you frozen food across the freaking nation. Well, I, uh, let's see here. Cannabis in, in the chat room. Cannabis said, for ADHD. Uh, right. He said that eating right is expensive and time consuming. And until it becomes flip flopped, our, cho- our choices won't change. Well, eating right isn't isn't more expensive than eating. Uh, it's more convenient. Uh, it is more convenient and time consuming. I don't know about that. It's it's. Well, as opposed to coming home and cooking something or driving through and eating something on your way home. It, it's it's more time right. efficient that way, but it's fucking disgusting, man. Well, I think that, uh, that it's such an integral part of, of how you feel and who you are, your diet, that, you know, taking 20 minutes to prepare a fresh meal from fresh food is really worth the 20 minutes that that's spent. It's more nutritious. You won't be hungry so soon. You won't have to take a dump right after like at eating at Chinese food. You know what I wow, mean? You yeah. you eat all this Chinese food and you get so stuffed, but then like you you're have a so bowel hungry movement. The next yeah, you have a bowel hour. movement within 30 minutes and then you're starving again because that food hasn't really like done anything for your system other than dehydrate you and make you hungry again. Absolutely. Um, you know like uh, but I really like to eat pasta and, and yeah. stuff. And so like, um, it. it, it takes, I, it takes three minutes for me to make a, to make a, a pasta sauce, whether it be Alfredo or a pesto based or, or a marinara from scratch. No, literally tomatoes, a red pepper, garlic, that kind of stuff. And, and it takes me less than three minutes to make that from scratch. Like, but it's w- the act that you're actually doing it. And I think people Correct. have gotten so far to the side of, I want someone to do it for me. It, it Wipe takes, my ass for me. That right. It kind, takes you know? less time for me to make that from scratch. If I have the, 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 the stuff on hand, then it does for me to right. go to the store and purchase it. Or, and then you, you got to go do down the that dishes aisle. and you got to do the, the cleaning. Like some people just either, A, they don't have time for it or B, they just don't give a shit. Sure. Sure. Absolutely. And into um, the health system they go. Well, there you go. I mean, it's a choice that you have to make. Should have been a doctor. So is an extra, yeah, frozen pizzas. And like, don't get me wrong. Everybody likes a pizza. You know what I'm saying? Love that shit. But I think that, I think that, um, there's a difference between making your own and getting a frozen one shipped halfway across the country for your convenience. And I guarantee that you will enjoy the item that you've made fresh. Um, fresh food's the best for the munchies. One, you, you won't eat that whole bag of chips. And two, like, I don't know. I, I always get a feeling of accomplishment making something from complete scratch from That's cool, raw ingredients. For sure, for sure. And you know, whether I've even made my own flour to make bread, which is which is really rewarding because I'm I'm taking raw products and 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 making a finished edible item with cannabis. That would be cool too. Yeah, can- like being able to cook that. I did that the, the it was quite a while ago, but I was cooking up some like eggs and sausage and making it kind of a little spicy. And I had this one strain that smelled like I really wanted to eat it. Like it's kind of a spice to it. So I I did I grinded it up. I didn't decarboxylate or nothing. I just wanted it for the flavoring. Right. And I used it as a seasoning. And, uh, dude, it was so good. Right. I made I crab cakes the other night. Oh man! With with medicated crab cakes. I'm not a fan of um, like seafood, but that sounds no a medicated like... crab cake. I ate two crab cakes and like did, pretty much knocked me on my ass. And so, uh, uh, and and that's and and that's something else. Obviously, I didn't craft the the crab, but it's, it's that kind of meal is really easy and quick. I mean, within the matter of of ten minutes, I can have something that's made from made fresh. Um, w- made however I want, medicated or not. That's awesome. 
Um, before we get out of here, I know we're, we're kind of running uh, low on time. I did want to mention there was another study coming out that's saying marijuana blocks post-traumatic stress. Yes. I would appreciate it if in the headlines you would stop calling it reefer research. A reefer, I, I have a problem with that word. I don't know why. I don't like marijuana. I Marijuana, I can tolerate more than reefer. Sure. I or prefer pot. herb just because dope. cannabis is dope. I fucking hate, <laughs> yeah. dude. This is not dope. Don't be a butthead. <laughs> like that, it really... But, you know, herb or weed, I really like weed. I don't know why. Weed is just, that. maybe it's because where I grew up, like, that's what everyone called it. Doja, I hate. Ganja is a dumb hippie term. No, I, I, I just, I don't for know, sure, certain terms. For sure. But reefer research, come on, guys. It's It's just, it's taking the legitimate side out of the whole thing exactly and, and you know just like saying i just call it cannabis sativa right so uh we got a study published in the journal of neuropsychopharmacology uh israeli scientists showed that injections of so-called cannabinoid compounds extracted from marijuana blocked development of ptsd like symptoms in rodents that had been subjected to extreme stress. When stress just isn't enough, you need to get into extreme stress. Now with 20% more rodent. Um, how do you know if your rodent is stressed? Is it just like in the corner smoking cigarettes, like just depressed? <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't understand like how they measure it. How, how do you quantify that? <laughs> like, man, your, your mouse, he looks fucking stressed today, dude. Like having a bad day or what? <laughs> Maybe if you uh, analyzed these animals and their activities for long enough. Like That's your cat. True. I mean, I, I know when my if cat's you came stressed. Home, yeah, sure, you know, sure. you come home and your cat's laying on a couch, like snorting lines. You, you probably <laughs> understand that it's having a rough day. I know day. what you feel. Hey, don't put that on Facebook, though, because you're running for office. <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah that that's pretty cool i mean we've known this all along it's cool to have the research that actually backs it up but then again what good is the research if the legislator doesn't listen to it in the first place so uh quote we found that there's a window of opportunity during which administering synthetic marijuana helps to deal with symptoms simulating ptsd in rats now when they say synthetic marijuana they are not talking about k2 or spice they're talking about Extracting it and price and what? How do was that synthesizing? Uh, in in their lab. So and we we did have some more stories of people uh, getting closed down for selling that fake K two the 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 K two and the spice stuff because it is killing people. But anyway, uh, for the study, scientists di- divided the rats into four groups. One group got no marijuana, and they were totally sad. The other three groups were given the cannabinoid injections at different time intervals after being exposed to new extreme stress. One group, two hours after the stress, another 24 hours after the stress, and the third, 48 hours. One week later, the researchers observed the rats and noticed that those who got no pot or pot after 48 hours... Uh, continued to display high anxiety, PTSD-like symptoms, and actually one of the rats, uh, he found, uh, hung himself. So it's kind of sad. But the symptoms had disappeared in the rodents who got pot two or 24 hours after experiencing the stress. Talk about lucky rats. Nice reporter, David Freeman. Stop that. Uh, If you didn't know, the study really suggests that pot might prove helpful for humans at risk for PTSD. Does it? (laughs) 
Maybe so. Experts say rats resemble humans in their response to extreme stress, with symptoms including an exaggerated startle reflex and learning impairments. But since humans live longer than rodents, the research said the window of opportunity might come a bit later than it did for the rodents. If you didn't know, PTSD is an anxiety disorder that some people get after witnessing or living through a traumatic event. Combat, sexual assault, physical abuse, natural disasters, etc. Uh, symptoms include getting raided, perhaps? A little PTSD, sure. Symptoms include bad dreams, flashbacks, frightening thoughts. The disorder is typically treated with medication, psychotherapy, or a combination of the dose. After 6.8%, or about 6.8% of Americans will develop PTSD at some point in their lives because the government is creating it. So, appreciate that. So, there you have it. Uh, anything else before we wrap this up? I think that's going to about do it for us. I want to mention we are, of course, part of the normal live, uh, normal stash show. We got the new schedules. You can watch or more likely listen to the Hotbox replayed on live.normal.org. Thursdays, 6 a.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern. Also, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern. Friday, midnight uh, Pacific, 3 Eastern. Saturday, 4 p.m. Pacific. Sunday, 10 p.m. Pacific, and uh, yeah, so that's awesome. We are getting uh, replayed and played. Appreciate that. Russ Belleville over at live.normal.org, so check that out. Uh, you can always leave us mo- uh, voicemails at 406-204-4687. Call when the show is not live and leave a message, and we'll play it on the next episode. So, uh, Ian, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Uh, you too. Thank you. Yeah. Kitty? Thank you. Fuck your cat, dude. I know, right? Maybe that's sass, the- dude. Sassy. I sit down and it like attacks me. Just, just because. Off. Fucking. Just because. Fucking bitch. Uh, so yeah, you guys stay safe out there. Definitely. Uh, we got forums, message boards. We got Facebook.com/slash/hotboxpodcast. You can like the page and please share it with your friends. We do no advertising. We do nothing like that. So the only way people will hear about the show is if you tell them about it. I could tell them about it all day, but they're like, yeah, dude, it's your show. Of course you want us to listen. So you need to be the one to tell them. Hotboxpodcast.com. That's our website. Slash donate. If you uh, have some extra PayPal monies, if a million of you give me a dollar each, I will podcast till the end of my life. And I'll make rap music. It'll be cool. So uh, I think that's about it. Hotboxpodcast.com slash forums. Everything's on the website. So just check it out. Take a look around. And uh, yeah, invite your friends. Please share, spread the word. It is very important that you do that. We appreciate it. Ian, we'll see you next Thursday. Yes, you will. Uh, we'll catch you guys later. As far Peace as I know. If you like, you like we, this, we, is this where you need to be. If you like, we, this is where you need to be. Thank you for listening to the